Hey, what's up guys? It's Rico here, back with another one, but this time it's a webinar one. Uh, we hosted a webinar a couple months ago on the four steps to find Chinese manufacturer, the same steps that my company uses for Swinesia that we've developed over the last 10 years. And it was so popular, we decided to do another, another one. So this is gonna be December 12th, December 13th. So if you're in East Coast time, that'll be December 12th, 8 p.m. and then 8 a.m the next day, December 13th. If you're in Southeast Asia and most of Europe, it's mostly gonna be December 13th. So there'll be one webinar in the morning on December 13th and another one evening on December 13th. So the link is in the description below to show you all the time zones. And like I said, this is on the four steps that we used to find Chinese manufacturers. The difference between this webinar and the last one is that we had so much Q&A on the last one. We had 25 minutes on the last one at the end that told me that people wanted a little bit more crowd interaction. So in this webinar we're gonna be doing, at the end of each section of the presentation, we are going to be having a live Q&A in between before I move on to the next section. So it's almost gonna be like, the presentation itself will be there, the value, but then there's also going to be sort of a live consultation that you get from me, personalized consultation for free. So definitely wanna see you guys there. Like I said, it's December 12th, December 13th. Link is in the description below. We're also gonna have a special Christmas bonus for people that attend the webinar. All right, see you guys. Hey, what's up guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Source Find Asia, host of the Main Channel Podcast and the host of the Source Find Asia YouTube channel. Back with another one. You know what it is, late night sessions. This is like one, it's 1 11 a.m. Uh, I've had a full work day. I had like a business meeting from 5 p.m. till 8 and then I was practicing and preparing for the webinar in a couple of days from, you know, 8.30 till midnight. And not, and then I had some email stuff, um, managed to fit dinner in between somewhere. <laughs> and, then, and then I'm here recording this podcast. And I'm part of the reason, because, you know, you know how it is, late, late night grind, baby. You know, what I, you know how we do... Uh, no, but like part of the thing was like, I just have to, it's a deadline thing, right? Like I, I can't, I can't push this back to tomorrow because if I don't record this now, then, you know, it pushes back my editor's work. It pushes back the, the great KC's work. Um, so I just had to make sure I get this done before I go to sleep, but I'm exhausted, you know? Um, anyways, uh, enough, enough about that. Uh, this episode is an update episode on two parts. So a couple episodes ago, we had John... Graham Harper on the podcast and he was he's the the guy who has an exit ban um he's banned from leaving China um because he'd borrowed some money and it was sort of a scam and then the person sued him and he didn't know about the lawsuit and he basically lost the case by default um so until he pays back the money they blocked him from leaving China and so so we were talking about in the last episode. Definitely listen to it. It's a, it's a fascinating episode, and it's it's sort of like a cautionary tale as well. Um, but in the last episode, he was basically trying to get the word out on his situation. Um, he was also trying to raise money. I think he had already, well, he was very close to raising the money he needed for the for the lawyer for the lawyer, uh, the law fees and stuff. And then the idea was that if he reopened the case he would be able to stop or pause the previous case. So um, since that time period, he was successful in doing that. And, you know, there's been a lot of developments. I mean, this is like, I think the time when we did that podcast was about four months ago. I know I was in, I think I was in the Philippines when I did, or it was just before I went to the Philippines. So it would have been four or five months ago. Um, so there's been a lot of developments since that, that case happened. So... John and his business partner Josh in the same company, um, they sat down and they, you know, basically relayed what happened since that time period, and you know it's just them talking for you know twenty minutes. It's very interesting stuff. So I would say you definitely listen to the previous episode before you listen to this one. It's not going to make sense if you listen to this and don't listen to the other one. Uh, I would even challenge you to listen to the Global Formation podcast he did before that one because. <laughs> The Global Formation podcast for me was like a little bit of a follow-up. I listened to that, and then when I interviewed him, um, obviously, like, I, he gave his background and he explained what happened in ours. But anyways, uh, it's neither here nor there. But it's a, it's a very interesting podcast. And then the second part, at the end, if you stick around, 
Um, you might have some questions in, when you listen to his podcast. If you listen to the previous one, you might have some questions when you listen to this. I asked those questions to him and he gave me answers. So I'm going to like relay his answers at the end. And then I'm also going to be recording my own update on my own life and business from the last four or five months because I've had people be asking me, man, the streets is the streets is asking, as DJ Khaled would say. Um, people ask like, oh, you like where where are you in Hong Kong? You in Manila? You in Borca? You in Guangzhou? Like, oh, you know, everybody keeps asking me these questions. So I was like, you know, let me just do like a update podcast, tell people what I've been up to for the past four months. Um, so yeah, hopefully that uh, prevents hopefully that that clears up a little bit of confusion so without further ado enjoy the podcast i'm sorry for the long intro it's late i'm in a very silly mood so i don't think i'm gonna be pretty concise with my um with my 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 speech today all right cheers i don't want to be a product of my environment i want my environment to be a product of me update audio for the made in china podcast and um i just thought to add in the video part as well just so we could have that accompanying uh big thanks to made in china podcast the guys rico um mike luke thanks so much for getting for uh adding this into your to your podcast um your episode whatever episode you're going to slot us in so the update is uh, that from when I last talked to you guys is the um, so I I submitted new evidence into a much more superior court that the one that I've been tried in the one that uh, the case was put in so in in Shenzhen there's there's a court called in Shanghai Shanghai area then there is a court in Futian which is called the middle court the middle court in Futian is the second most powerful court in all Guangdong. So there I put um, evidence to uh, request that basically the case from Chennai be reopened. But mind you, this is a separate case. It's considered a separate case according to, according to the system. So it had no effect on the Chennai case and the proceedings that took, uh, which I'll, I'll get to. So the middle court, these case files were submitted and I was told it would take about two to three months for the case to be reopened and once it's reopened it's an active case and I somehow you know not knowing about the system and I somehow thought that that would cancel the Chennai court uh, re, uh, ruling so I would be basically um, off the blacklist and I would just be in an active case one where I would be having to submit evidence and you know there would have to be a judgment and trials and all of this uh, so that wasn't the case now. So the way, the way it works is that um, I submitted the case files. The case was reopened. And w what happens next is a trial date set. This is the way I've, uh, this is how I've been informed by my lawyer. I've got a lawyer team working on this. And they've said the trial date is set. And then after that happens, everyone submits all additional evidence, even more to what has been already submitted to the middle court. And then the, um, the ju a judgment is given, but the judgment is given a considerable amount of time later. Let's say, you know, anywhere in the range from a, a month to three months later. Then a judgment is given, a new judgment is given, which rules out the Chen Hai uh, uh, case. So that's when the, the, it supersedes the Chen Hai court, and uh, then it becomes a middle court, where, where uh, the judgment there supersedes the judgment in the middle court, the Chen Hai court. But now going back to what has happened, the uh, in Chennai, uh, the ruling, the enforcement department, which is in every court that is responsible for carrying out enforcement, they uh, went to me, found me, and then said basically, if I don't um, ha pay this money, which is attached to this this case, that I would go to jail. 
and the word jail was actually used, but I don't believe it was jail. I think it's just detention, and you're held in detention for 15 days until you are able to, um, like, you come to some sort of agreement, a payment plan or something like this. So while I was doing a fight night, they actually came to the fight night and took me out of the ring in front of everyone and said, it's normal enforcement uh, practice to do this. You need to pressure the... The, uh, the person to pay money. So they're not going to make it easy for you. They're going to find you in a place where, you know, there's, you know, to put pressure on you to make an agreement, to make a payment agreement. So that night, after about three hours of negotiation in which the, the plaintiff even showed his, showed his cowardly face, um, we came to an agreement that I had to start paying money. So I've been paying money uh, to this scammer for the last, how long has it been? July, since July. Since July, yeah. Oh, July, August, September, October, November, five. So five payments months. and the initial. Yeah, it's like 130K now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I've been raising money basically on my own uh, for, to pay the, these off, to pay off these enforcement debts. And then at the same time, I'm waiting for the middle court to give a trial date. And then once that trial's done, then the, the judgment is then... Um, issued and you know so I've, I've you know done my end of the the deal i've got enough evidence to support the case not only going for a retrial but for the judgment to work in my favor and for all this to flip around but um yeah it's it's just a bit of a i wanted everybody to know about this because you first got to know that the courts work separately from each other in uh, they're not in any way interested in what happens in either court they just follow the process that's on that that's uh, that's in that one court and um also the, the 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 trial dates and the judgment dates are actually substantially much longer than the lawyer or anyone has ever quoted um yeah it, it, it's been what so since july how long i mean well, I june that. 1st is when it was submitted again so it's been so june june july, june, july. And actually, they said three months, but they did say the six-month mark is generally where you would know for sure. So six months was coming at November. Yeah. And then in November, it did actually get into the hands of the judge and the assistant, so much so that they've seen the case, the paperwork, and I guess now they're in the process of deciding if it should be retrialed. And that's supposed to be now. That's supposed to be like this month in these coming days. Although they gave, once it reaches the judge or the assistant's hands, they give you a period of time for the two sides to resubmit evidence, which both sides have not done. That was done already this, this last two, three weeks. And I don't know how long they take after that to decide. It's not supposed to be long. Supposed to be like, okay, we've got your new evidence. We yeah. either do or don't do this. And if we decide we do do this, we'll set a date for that in two or three months. And all this evidence we've got, then we'll look at it then. Yeah. So it's not really like they're taking the evidence and looking through it for a verdict now. They take the evidence and look at it whether it's worth retrialing. That's right. And then because it's a court and they're busy and they can't just yeah. set a date next week, they've got to find an open time for the court space and everyone involved. Based on the evidence submitted, they decide it's worth it. Then the next open date could be two, three months. Then it's a retrial. But if it's decided that it's worth it to be retrialed, then the old verdict is temporarily put no, on that's hold. only after the judgment. So once there's a retrial and everyone meets together, they look over at everything, then the judge says, okay, I have everything, we've talked about everything, then everyone goes. Because now, before the retrial, both lawyers are working to get additional evidence that they'll use in that retrial. And then once that additional, one, all this evidence comes on, the, the judge then says, okay, you know, I've got enough and uh, I'm going to set, set a judgment. And then they take a period of time. The judge assistants look over everything and then they set a new judgment. Yeah, but if they say, if they, for example, tomorrow, if the judge says, yes, okay, it's worth it to retrial next yeah. year, 1st of March, we're retrialing, the old verdict as of tomorrow is put on hold. No. You don't, you don't no. have to keep paying the enforcement until the 1st of March? I, have to, I, can, I only stop paying enforcement when the new judgment is set. Really? Yeah. Um, that's something I found out because we had a lawyer meeting. Um, we had a lawyer meeting and you had to leave early, right? Yeah. yeah. So I wa walked through the whole process uh, and I was like, what, what, because 
Because what I thought was, this is the mistake I made, is that the reopening part, I thought a reopening meant that you would cancel the old case. And they said, no, 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 the re- it's already being reopened. Now we're waiting for a retrial. And even, because it's a separate court, it still doesn't mean anything. We haven't had a judgment. So even if it's a retrial, then once you get the judgment, then that judgment, that document goes to Chennai and cancels the old judgment, the old verdict. Uh, but that could be still another five or six months. That could be a long time. Because yeah. it's going to be two or three months for them to set a date. Then after the new trial, it will take them yeah. two or three months to decide the verdict. Yeah, so say... They won't decide it on that yeah, date. Yeah. What I'm hoping for but is by... Before Chinese New Year, there's a retrial. So if there's a retrial, then I know that it basically the clock's ticking till this this uh, this amazing learning experience is over. Because you have that retrial, then I know it's only a matter of time before they set judgment. And the judgment process, I can't imagine it being longer than two months, maybe three months. I mean, what this? That's not the part that's going to be the most delayed. The most delayed part is the retrial part. Now, once that judgment is out, and I got that judgment, it's two weeks, everything's... Because then the lawyer takes that document, she runs over to Chennai, and she says, I'm here to cancel the verdict of the old case, here's the new, here's the new judgment, da, 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 da. And basically, what that judgment, how it works is, the judgment works with, it's right and wrong. It's a right and wrong judgment. So if, the, if it rules in my favor... It's a simple, I win, he loses, and he has to pay me back. I don't need to counter-sue him to get all the money that I've paid back. It just is a simple switch. Everything turns. It's like the, the enforcement department that is now after me to make monthly payments to him turns and goes to him. That's mm-hmm. how it works. Mm-hmm. So then I then put pressure on the enforcement department the same way he does, and it, yeah, just all works in the reverse way. Just all turns around. Uh, so, um, all that to say with an update is, yeah, the hairy, hairy, scary experience of, of having the enforcement department, you know, four cops, four uh, j- uh, court representatives show up and then tell you go to jail. <laughs> yeah, go to jail or pay. Uh, that's something that everyone should, uh, should be well aware of. And then, um, yeah, just, and then the other thing is just time. It takes so much time. It takes so much, so much time for, for all of this. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, the, we're, we were talking about this over the last couple of weeks, trying to think how, how it can all turn around and make, be a positive. One thing I want to do is I want to do a documentary. I want to set a document, uh, do a documentary, a full expose on everything. Because a lot of media have been, contacting me and I've been, um, you know, inter- being interviewed and, you know, telling the story everywhere with the goal of just simply making people aware of this whole process, how it all works. Uh, I've had people call me and ask me for advice about, you know, c- calls that they've got, you know, relating to courts and legal issues and that. I've become so much more aware of the whole system here that I can not only can make people more aware, but I can actually give, you know, some initial advice at least and lawyer recommendations. But um, going further to that, yeah, I want to do a documentary, um, fully exposing you know all the details of the case that up till now I haven't haven't got you know got to, uh, you know the the plaintiff's identity, um, our our business partner who who really is yeah <laughs> does not uh, yeah. He, the, the, I mean, how would you how would you desc- how would you describe the how he he got himself involved uh, when he pretty much had the opportunity just to stay out just of to this. be out of it? And it's yeah. uh, it's weird that he's getting himself involved in something that a he wasn't there to actually know what happened, so he's relying on the influence and secondhand story of this con guy to rope him in as evidence as, and as a witness to something that's a lie. So that's the part I find difficult to, to understand why he'd do it because he's getting himself involved on the wrong side yeah. of the truth. So for someone who has got nothing in this and is long since removed from the situation to willingly sign your name on stuff that he knows is not true. It's not even stuff that he doesn't know if it 
happened or how it happened, but he's now signed his name on things he knows is not true. Mm. Is um, it's very risky. Yeah, considering what move. we know about him. Yeah, and what we could bring up. Very we, very strange. What we could bring up and what we, yeah, it, but it's all yeah, it, it's all something that is definitely good entertainment for a documentary. <laughs> um, yeah, if nothing else, it'd be nice to produce something uh, dealing with you know showcasing the entire. Uh, side of you know everything, all sides. I've got lots of video footage waiting. Um, you know that there's a, a journalist friend of mine that is based here in China, and I think he'll you know he'll come in as the the the, the person sort of running the documentary, um, and I'll I'll just tell him ask whatever questions you want, or maybe I'll post out on all my social media for. We can create a list of questions or something. Yeah. Also, the documentary gives a chance to go through the full story from start to finish in a, a storyline, timeline kind of fashion. We've done a lot of videos and updates and bits here and there. Some is text, some is video, some is audio um, that covers the whole story, but a documentary is kind of like one full yeah. start to finish, play-by-play of, of yeah. everything. It'll be really good. Something worthy of Vice, I think. I think yeah. something Vice will catch on yeah. to. Um, also, uh, a, a, a lady, a lady that has, was involved in the entire process of this case in the early days, recently reconnected with me, um, and I've I've been told some interesting stories that definitely are documentary worthy. Something to add in. She's potentially willing to act as a witness now. Yeah, which is going to the opposing side. Yeah, so I'm keen to get the retrial going. Because I know the evidence is just stacking up on my side. I just need an opportunity to present it, right? Yeah, that's um, what it's about, is having that opportunity to present. Because when the truth is on your side, technically, easy. you should you win. But you need that opportunity to show that. Yeah. If you're not shown it, then that's the difficult part. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm very comfortable and happy putting the camera in front of my face and telling every little intricate story or answering any questions um, I'm, yeah, I actually kind of, I kind of like it as well because it appeals to my the, the side of me that loves attention. So um, yeah, I, I'm with that in mind. We all, all we're doing is basically just regurgitating the truth again and again and again, yeah. and um, using the power of social media to get uh, get the word out. Not only for for to, to help with this case, but also to make people more aware and don't get into silly mistakes like this. Don't get into a mess like. Uh, like, like I've gotten myself into. Um, so in that, in that case, it'll be great. If, if people see this, are more cautious, more careful. They, you know, double-check things. They cross-check things. They make the right calls. They call on, you know, the right uh, relationships and friends to help them out, support them on different processes of opening up a business or even, re- even renting a house, right? Some, you know, these are all, you know, t- times in which uh, the, lead, the law can either be on your side or against you, right? So, um... Yeah, also about the Patreon. Do you want to you start a Patreon? Well, that, yeah, well, that was uh, something we thought we could do if uh, the case was going to be dragged out and we wanted to raise more awareness and uh, make the campaign bigger rather than just promoting the story and the content of the story, create a Patreon with uh, content based on running a business in China, living in China, legal in China, and use the service offering of a, uh, of a Patreon account to mm-hmm. spread the message of the campaign further. So that will do if it drags out much longer. We'll wait to see what this next step is with the retrial. If, mm-hmm. if it's a retrial and it's going to be two months and we find out the final result, okay, then um, maybe the Patreon account will serve a different purpose. If it's going to be a retrial and the verdict remains the same or a retrial and there's another six to eight months, then, yeah, quite possibly, probably will set up the Patreon to mm. the lawyer. this more. The lawyer, too, is very keen to get in front of the camera at the right time. Um, and it's not just her. There's a, few, there's a few lawyers that are all working together on this. So all of them are keen to get in front of the camera, share, share their you know, experience and how all this went either for the documentary or just simply for an update video. But, yeah, stay tuned for updates. Uh, I want to make it clear that I'm not asking for money. I, we, we wanted to raise money to hire legitimate 
well-qualified, well-connected lawyer in the beginning. In nine days, with the support of the, you know, the wonderful power of social media, we raised, it was about, I mean, including all fees. About $8,000. About 8,000 bucks, yeah. So we secured a lawyer. Um, and she's been working. So, but all the enforcement pay- payments and everything I've made purely on my own with my gut and will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we've done ourselves. And the idea of the Patreon was really that if the original verdict was kept and uh, the original amount that was submitted for the courts, that was two seventeen thousand RMB, jumped to three sixty thousand because yeah. of two three years that went by the interest, the Patreon was an idea of, okay, well, how can we find a way of continuing to pay these monthly payments, these enforcement payments, but not simply turn to the campaign and ask for money. Let's let's start a Patreon. Uh, It's a form of business, and it's something that provides a service, provides an offering, provides a product, and let's use that to pay for this. So that was where the Patreon came in. because at the end of the day, the enforcements are a lot of money every month. And if the verdict doesn't get turned as it should in our favor, and we have to pay this guy money that was never owed to him, and in fact money he should have given us, uh, then again, trying to turn a negative into a positive, we figure, well, let's do this. Let's launch whatever kind of small businesses or jobs you take on, Patreon being one of those, and make this a positive so that one day, once this is all gone and uh, past us, we still have this Patreon that's a positive from this negative, yes. and we're able to say, "Wow, look, we we were forced into creating something, and aren't we happy we have it?" That that was the idea there. That's right. So, I mean, to get the full details of the case, we have a Go Get Funding page that um, I'm sure I'll, I'll send to the Made in China podcast. They can post that. I believe they already posted it in a previous podcast they did where they interviewed me uh, over the phone. And um, yeah, if you want to get in touch with me directly, just go to Facebook and type John Graham Harper. And I'm sure you'll find me. You can ask me any questions uh, that you want. And, uh, or go to my YouTube page, The JG Show. You can see a lot of video updates and everything there. Uh, so yeah, don't... Uh, yeah. Just giving everybody an update. Uh, stay tuned. The exciting stuff, I'm sure, is yet to come. Uh, lots of lessons. And again, trying to, what we're trying to do here is to make people more aware. Don't get into caught in these messes. Um, there's a lot of great opportunity out there. There's a lot of good hustle that can be uh, can be can happen in China. But best just to be careful and cross check things. So yeah. Signing off. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks, guys, for Made in China podcast for letting us get this update out cool cheers thanks guys cheers all right uh so i hope you enjoyed the episode this episode was unique in a couple different ways right because it's funny when i first started making podcasts and i created like the the folders in google drive where we keep our stuff i made a podcast folder called uh guest i made a podcast folder called guest episodes and and the idea was this like eventually I figured, you know, sometimes people might, like if I was busy or, um, you know, somebody wanted to, doesn't have a platform but had something interesting to say um, and for whatever reason we couldn't make it work in terms of me doing the interview, I wanted, you know, to be able to have somebody do a guest interview uh, so or guest episode. So this is our f- first official guest episode and, and the exact situation was that I was traveling so I didn't have time to hop on a call. But I thought that the update was interesting and important. So, yeah, um, a little bit of a milestone for us. So some of the questions that people might ask, um, one of the questions that I had personally was, as he was talking about finding out that opening up the, the, the new case didn't mean that his previous case that he had lost was then revoked or paused. I was like, wouldn't, wouldn't that be something that your lawyer should have told you? And he's like, yeah, the lawyer should have said that, but she didn't. She didn't make it clear um, to him that the, the the exact terminology and the process of each step. I'm reading actually from his messages right now. Um, <clears throat> he said he was a little bit disappointed, and she didn't do that um, because that would have changed his strategy. Um, so the term is called retail. Then 
new judgment. So, you know, you still keep the same, you know, case from before, but you have to get a new judgment and then that overturns the previous case. And then the question I asked was like, oh, are you still working with the same lawyer? He said, yes. Um, this is John, by the way. Uh, John said, yes. And he said other lawyers have also gotten involved and are supporting, so it's it's pretty good right now. He's got he's got a good like legal team, and his business partner is Josh Phillips, who I think I mentioned at the top of the episode. Um, so they they did the business together. So that was pretty much for me. Those are some of the main questions that I had about you know the pod, the podcast. Everything else was pretty much just updates on what's happened since that time period. Um, you know, and sort of the, 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 the what he's waiting for right now. So it's pretty much just a waiting game until until they go into the new proceedings. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's a crazy, crazy situation. And like I, I remember the first time I listened, and I think I mentioned this in the, the first episode, first time I listened to his situation, um, I was, you know, I mean, you know, the Chinese government be monitoring people. <laughs> So I was really worried about like putting this out there, but it is important. Um, I am spending less time in China than I've ever spent. Uh, and I mean, I'm not necessarily talking about the government. We're talking about scam artists. We're not talking about the Chinese government itself. So I don't think there's going to be any issues. And I don't think we, we're going to make enough noise for them to care. But like, uh, yeah, it is it is a fascinating situation because this could happen to anybody. Like, I mean, I've never borrowed money from a Chinese person in China. Um, I probably won't because I just know from some of my friends who have taken on Chinese investment what that's like. Uh, it just doesn't seem very attractive to me. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, I hope everything works out for John and eventually he's able to, to travel once again. All right. So that's it for John's part of the podcast. Uh, the next part is going to be my update on my life, what's been going on the past four months, the business situation, all that good stuff. Hey, what's up guys? It's Rico here, back with another one, but this time it's a webinar one. Uh, we hosted a webinar a couple months ago on the four steps to find Chinese manufacturer, the same steps that my company uses for Swinesia that we've developed over the last 10 years. And it was so popular, we decided to do another, another one. So this is gonna be December 12th, December 13th. So if you're in East Coast time, that'll be December 12th, 8 p.m. and then 8 a.m. the next day, December 13th. If you're in Southeast Asia, and most of Europe, it's mostly gonna be December 13th. So there'll be one webinar in the morning on December 13th and another one evening on December 13th. So the link is in the description below to show you all the time zones. And like I said, this is on the four steps that we used to find Chinese manufacturers. The difference between this webinar and the last one is that we had so much Q&A on the last one. We had 25 minutes on the last one at the end that told me that people wanted a little bit more crowd interaction. So in this webinar we're gonna be doing, at the end of each section of the presentation, we are going to be having a live Q&A in between before I move on to the next section. So it's almost gonna be like, the presentation itself will be there, the value, but then there's also going to be sort of a live consultation that you get from me, personalized consultation for free. So definitely wanna see you guys there. Like I said, it's December 12th, December 13th. Link is in the description below. We're also gonna have a special Christmas bonus for people that attend the webinar. All right, see you guys. Alrighty then. Um, so where, where to start? So, okay, let, let's start at the beginning of the year. Or, yeah, beginning of the year or end of last year, rather. So, like, I went to the Philippines for the first time in November 2018. I was in Manila for, like, a day or two, and then I went to Cebu for, like, five days uh and it was a straight vacation. Um, one of my buddies was there from Zambia, and you know I went to see him and and his mom and stuff. And then me and him went to the islands for a few days. Um, that was fun. Like I, I just I was it, it it intrigued me. Like I've I'm, I've traveled quite a lot to a lot of different places, and I'd been to Thailand a bunch of times. So Thailand has lost its appeal to me. Um, I just I don't know. Like I, the first time I went to Thailand was like. 1999 or 2000 I was like eight years old I've been there quite a few times it's just not like as fascinating and I'm not anybody that's 
a fan of this podcast or knows me personally probably and, and has watched the YouTube video. I literally did a video called Chiang Mai versus Guangzhou. Um, knows that I'm not a Chiang Mai kind of person and I understand the appeal, but it's just not me. Um, you know, I'm not, I like bikes, but I'm not super into bikes. Um, I, I also think there's other places where you could ride bikes. Uh, I like cities. I like suits. I like tall buildings. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but I also, I mean, I also do like, like, you know, relaxed environments. I like beaches. I like nature. So, you know, a place like Manila um, was intriguing because you do have, it's a, it's a big city. It's basically like six districts. So basically like six cities in one. Um, and, you know, like you can see like from your apartment, like all the videos I've done where we're, we're in condos and we're like on the 20 something floor or whatever, or the rooftop, you can see the mountains, you can see the ocean, not that far away. The only issue with Manila is that there's traffic. But like if there wasn't, if you, there isn't traffic, like you can be in nature or you can be at a beach in 20, 30 minutes. Um so I like that balance. That's that's the point that I'm trying to make. So, anyways, I I went to I made a, I made a goal. I was like, let me check out Manila after, you know, after being intrigued, and I was like, ah, let me spend like a month in Manila and see what it would be like to actually live and work in Manila. Manila. So it was actually originally supposed to be three weeks, turned into a month. Fell in love with the place. Uh, everything from the people to um, the lifestyle to the entrepreneurship scene, to the cost of living, to the accessibility to, you know, I, some of the best islands and beaches in the world that just most people just don't know about and don't talk about. Um, the proximity to China, the ease of visas and things like that. Like, uh, you know, anybody that's spending an extended period of time in Chiang Mai and Thailand right now, probably in the last year, Two years has probably noticed how they're cracking down on on expats, um, the digital nomad expat type thing. So uh, yeah, I mean, all of those things was like was very appealing. Um, I, I met a good group of people. I met some clients um, who I still work with to this day. So at the beginning of the year, after doing that January February thing, I started planning out my my you know goals for the year, my personal goals, business goals, all that stuff. And part of it was to do three months outside of outside of China, and ideally three months in the Philippines. I think I put down two months in the Philippines and then one month miscellaneous. Um, I ended up spending this year, if I to, if I total the amount of times, not including the January February situation, actually including the January February. I think that my original plan was to include the January February situation, but it. Not including the January February thing, I spent like four months in the Philippines in total. Like I, I went for, you know, one week here, two weeks there, you know, five days here, and then I went for two months, um, and then recently that like I just got back last week, I went for two weeks again. So if you tally all of that stuff, it's four months. If you include the the month of January February, then it's five months, which exceeded my expectations. But that tells you something. That tells you that. I really like that place. So I went with my marketing intern, Luke, um, two episodes ago on the YouTube channel. I, I did an exit interview on the rooftop of the condo that we were staying in. And, um, you know, we were originally supposed to go there for a month and then come back to China or maybe go to Thailand. And we, I just decided to stay. I was like, we're having such a good time and it was a very productive environment. And I was, you know, making more connections and, um, I was doing Muay Thai for two months, uh, so I just wanted to keep it going. So we stayed, we stayed for for two months, and um, after that, I went to Zambia for three weeks. So I was in the Philippines for a little bit over two months. I went to Zambia for three weeks. Part of the reason is because I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but my parents retired there. And my mom, I definitely haven't said this part, like I haven't talked about this publicly. And, you know, uh, my mom had hip replacement surgery. I mean, nothing serious. Obviously, she was in pain, but um, this wasn't life-threatening. But, yeah, she had hip replacement surgery and she's recovering. So wanted to check in on her. Um, 
and I have some business interests that side. So, you know, I was there for three weeks, and you know, she's doing well, so it's not a big deal. Don't don't feel about don't feel bad about that. If I sound somber, it's just because I'm tired, and I'm trying to like sound coherent and put together my thoughts. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I did that, and then I missed the cross border summit because of this, but also because I just wasn't like the, I wasn't speaking at the event, so those wasn't really much appeal for me to be there. And part of the reason why I'm making this is because in the process of me missing, not being around during Canton Fair, which I was, my original plan was always going to be that, is like, if I don't have any speaking engagements, I'm not I'm not going to be in China around the Canton Fair because it's just like so ridiculous. Um, I just had a lot of people hitting me up, like, where are you? You know, let's meet up. Let's, I'm, I'm in town. Let's go for coffee. Let's go for drinks. Let's, and I mean, I had my team, I had Vincent and Imogen representing me at the Crossbury Summit and meeting people for coffee and drinks and stuff like that. Obviously, it's not the same as meeting me in person, but I just didn't realize like it was gonna be that kind of kind of reception. I, I even I even had some people on the YouTube channel leaving comments saying, "Hey, you know, I was in China, I didn't see you or whatever." And like, I'm I'm just like, man, is it really that big of a deal that I wasn't here for three months? Like, is it that? <laughs> Is it that big of an issue? Like, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I've I've built this brand around me being in China, uh, and I'm still in China. Like, I'm not leaving. I'm not, I'm always gonna be coming back to China. Um, I mean, this year I spent more time than I expected to spend outside of the country. Next year I want to do six months. Um, I'm not sure if it's gonna be six months concurrently. It's probably going to be, I would probably say it would be like two to three months concurrently and then come back. Like I want to do every quarter. Um, so I might do like three months on, one month off, three months on, that kind of stuff. Um, and then like two months on, you know, depending on how the ebbs and flows of the, the company goes and depending on what requirements I have in terms of me physically being in China with some of the you know, the, the companies that we work with and, and the projects that we're working on. So, yeah, I mean, now uh, I'm the, the last trip that I took to the Philippines. Basically, I came back from Zambia. I was in, and then I was here for like, I was in Guangzhou for a week. And then I went to the Philippines again for two weeks, <laughs> um, which was the, this two week trip was vacation. It was pure vacation. Uh, I went to see two of my good friends, Harrison and Nick Nerv, who both on both been on the podcast bunch of times um you know that when i was in the philippines prior to that i was it was not vacation i was on, i was working you know, and i was networking and and you know we we're building we we're building out a, a library of content and we did the webinar which was pretty good that's where we're doing another one we had a very good reception for the webinar and i was also sort of ex- introducing luke to my network which was part of the Part of the benefits of being a marketing intern for Sourcefine Asia. So, yeah, I mean, the, those are the general updates on my life. Like, and business is good. I mean, this is exactly what I planned, right? Like, when I first moved to China, when I first moved to Southeast Asia, I am a four-hour workweek baby. And my idea was to be able to travel able to build up a business that doesn't require me to be in one location not that i don't want to work or i want to retire early or anything like that like i don't see i don't see myself being the kind of person who can sit around um i need projects like i'm like similar to my dad my dad's retired and he's just like he's just he's creating projects by himself i'm just like can you sit down somewhere but like yeah like he's like that he's restless he needs something he needs something to sink his teeth into and i think i'm i'm like that if i don't have things to work on if I don't have a project I want to either create projects or um, I you know it's just not a healthy situation for me for me for my mental state so so the, my, the idea was always to be able to systemize myself and from the day that I started the company I always approached the company with an aspect of how do I systemize everything that I do um, obviously we're not perfect still learning, still improving on the systems, but we, I have built it up to a stage where I don't have to deal with the day-to-day operations as much. I definitely have to give advice and answer questions and troubleshoot situations. Like I basically solve problems. That's what I do. Like I solve problems in the company 
and I do the, do, you know, I'm the face of the company, obviously. I manage the team. I, call, I come up with organizational structure. Um, I think strategy, I, I, you know, I, I do the strategic planning. I handle the money. But, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, like the, the actual work that goes into managing projects and the hours that that takes and then now the sales and also the managing the the marketing team the content marketing team that's all been outsourced you know so it's allowed me to be more flexible with my time and you know focus on other things which is building strategic partnerships and, and the strategic planning of the business and trying to improve the content that we make and expanding the the horizons of the company and and trying to figure out other revenue streams and how to grow our current revenue, um, and all of those things are not possible with without me having this free time and being able to travel. Because I, whenever I travel, I meet people in the same industry, like potential clients and people that are adjacent and people that can help with content and things like that. And that's that's another appeal of the Philippines. So, yeah, it's not. Not that I wouldn't be focused on the business. It's just I would be doing it from a different location. And I'm also two hours away from Guangzhou. If I'm in Manila, Manila, I'm a $150 plane ticket two hours away from Guangzhou. So it's never $200 max. It's never really going to be an issue for me to fly back to China uh, when need be. And I'm in the same time zone as well. So that being said, one of the strategies that we decided to implement into the company, especially dealing with uh, Gerard, not Gerard, but taking a, a hint, not dealing with Gerard, but taking a hint from Gerard, who's also been on the podcast before. He, his whole team is remote. And it's something, and then I think also the Zapier, Zapier, Zapier team has been remote from the jump. Obviously they're all in the States with, and Gerard, most of the team is in Europe. Um, so most of my team will probably be in Southeast Asia, but, we already have Vincent, who's in the UK, and we have Luke, who's in Canada. Um, I just, you know, I decided, like, if I'm going to be remote, then why not allow, you know, the rest of the company to be remote? Um, obviously, we have obligations in China, so we always have to have people that are based in China. But the point, the point that I'm making is it just because they're in China doesn't mean they can't travel from time to time and work while they're traveling. Um because a lot of the stuff that we do research-wise is is online, um, and even so, like they don't necessarily have to be in the office on a daily basis. We don't need to have an office that fits, you know, ten people. Um, we just need an office for for me basically because I I still like to go to the office, um, and then for the the you know one or two people that come in once or twice a week, and and then also a spot for samples, product samples, or business license, business address, um, recept like having a reception team that can receive and and send out documents and things like that on our behalf. And then also a meeting place, and also a place for me to shoot my videos. So, you know, that's kind of like the. I'll talk about it more in another podcast. I feel like I would be doing a disservice by trying to explain that when I'm in this sort of mental state, like, cause I get, I'm just tired. So I'll have to pick a, another episode where I kind of explain my strategy behind this. Cause you know, I've, I've thought of, I've been thinking about it for a while and I was monitoring certain things that were happening in the company while I was traveling. And then I just decided to stop fighting it, you know? So anyways, that's, those are the updates on my end. Um, I hope you like this kind of episode. I think uh, last time I did this was uh, was that episode that was like Rico's Ruminations or something like that, 2016. I got a good reception towards that. Um, I might do one, like I said, I said the next time I'm in the Hong Kong airport, which I actually was in the Hong Kong airport, like not like a couple weeks ago, but I think I just didn't have time to do it. But um, it doesn't have to be in the Hong Kong airport. I could I could do it anywhere and just reflect on the last three years since I made that podcast. Um, but yeah, this is, you know, this is a little bit different, like uh, these solo, dolo podcasts where I just kind of go on a, on a riff and talk about my life. And this is completely off the cuff. It's just 
street, random stream of consciousness. Yeah, I hope this is interesting for you guys. Uh, if you don't, if you don't like it, don't tell me. <laughs> I'm joking. But yeah, no. If you like it, you know, let me know. Like, I'll do more of these uh, sort of more personal my thoughts on life, my thoughts on the subject matter of the podcast that we just did, and. Yeah, so enjoy. Without further ado, check out the webinar. We have a webinar in two days. Well, if you're listening to this, this would be Thursday night. So the webinar should be... There's one webinar probably going on as we speak, as you're listening to this podcast. And there's another webinar tomorrow, which will be Friday. Like if it's Eastern Standard Time, it's Thursday night, 9 p.m. Or 8 p.m. rather. And then... Friday morning, 8 p.m. at 8 a.m. Uh, so December 12th, December 13th, respectively. Um, so yeah, if you're listening to us right now, fucking pause the podcast and jump on the webinar or reserve your spot for the next one. So swanager.com slash webinar. If you, want, if you like this kind of content, uh, like, comment, share, subscribe. Drop us a five-star review on iTunes. We're going to be built up also the spotify streets are growing so spotify as well subscribe on spotify um and if you want to reach out to me that's podcast at sourcefineasia.com go to the website sourcefineasia.com slash made in china if you want to check out the show notes and links that have been mentioned in this episode cheers Drops too big, get deep on one, two things. You think about stuff for too long, but it's what you think. I don't know what you want from this. I know now, so I slow down. Got my shows down, always sold out. Ask anyone I know round, I'm mostly in, don't go town. Taking trips to new places, need to meet new people to see new faces I don't know if it's me but it's been ages, I feel confident now I can see changes It's the same feeling, yeah it's a great feeling, I've grown up, any exes I'll make peace with Any friends that I blocked out, the same reason, some things don't change, that's the same reason How do they count, my window stays freezing, all the leaves on the tree don't stay green And tell my close friends stay scheming, it's a hard thing to make Pees off, but it's a great feeling.